today on the inside scoop. Michigan was the place to be this past weekend if you were a top recruit. Big three check-in, state of Florida recruiting. But first, we're starting with the number one overall QB in the on three industry rankings. You know the name, Dylan Rayola, the six foot three, 220 pound dual threat from Phoenix, Arizona, Pinnacle High School. Last week's show was actually titled, Is UGA Worried About Dylan Rayola? I titled that the show. Of course, UGA is not worried about Dylan Rayola. It was a bit of a rhetorical question. But as of right now, as we see, USC is leading on the recruiting prediction machine with 48%. Nebraska has 27%, and UGA with 18%. Now, this past weekend, Rayola was in Athens, so of course UGA isn't worried. It's also more of a transactional recruitment for Georgia. You see, they already have a killer four-star quarterback committed in Ryan Puglisi. They've also won back-to-back -back national championships with a walk-on quarterback. So no, the train will not fall off the tracks if Dylan Rayola doesn't go to Georgia. There's less emotion involved in this recruitment. It's very transactional, meaning if Dylan Rayola chooses Georgia, fantastic. Georgia's just doing what they do. They're stacking talent. They're landing the number one quarterback in the country. Now, maybe it's not as transactional for USC, but it's also not a make-or-break recruitment either. Lincoln Riley can develop. He can build a Heisman quarterback out of another great arm. It doesn't just mean Dylan Rayola is the only answer for USC. Now we get to Nebraska. They're a little bit more emotionally invested than the other two teams. This is a program that's been down and down big for a long time. Dylan Rayola is a legacy recruit. He's got family that coaches there. He's got family that's played there. And he's also the number one quarterback in America. New coach, top QB. It's all good news from here, right? The Nebraska storyline almost just writes itself. But the consequences for missing on Dylan Rayola hurt if you're Nebraska. The talent gap from Rayola to the next best option is huge. And let's just face it, the storyline isn't as good if you're the number 10, number 20 ranked quarterback as compared to Nebraska landing the number one quarterback in Matt Rule's first cycle. It's a, it's a great story. I can't, I can't deny it. But over the weekend, it was George's turn. He was in Athens for the sixth time in the past two years. He has visited Athens, Georgia from Phoenix on his own dime six times. Back to see a UGA practice. They were in the pads. You know, he was there for the ticker tape parade, the celebration of the national championship. Now he's back on a business trip where he brings the whole family to see how Georgia does it when, when they're on the field. He wanted to see that. Now it's getting down to decision time. He made this trip to Athens. Now he'll be back at Nebraska next weekend. And then he only has one more visit left. That's if he takes it to the Oregon spring game. I say if he takes it only because Oregon's kind of out of the way. They haven't really, they've been a fixture in his recruitment, but I wouldn't put him with the other three teams that we talk about much more. So if he makes it to that spring game in April, I could see him making a decision shortly after that. So USC leads on the RPM. I'll keep you guys updated on any changes, but where do you think Dylan Rayola lands? Let me know in the comment section of this video. Also, do me a favor right now, like it and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. Now let's check in on the big three in the state of Florida. 
Florida, Florida State, and Miami. We'll do this periodically. It's fun to kind of take the temperature of recruiting in the Sunshine State. It gets hot down there. Right now, as we see it, Florida is topping the charts at number three overall. They have four commitments. Florida State sitting there at number six with nine commitments. And Miami at number 85 with just one commitment. These are the on three industry rankings. So let's talk about Florida and their number three class, right? They got their quarterback. They got their running back. They needed a pair of elite linebackers. Check, got those. They got a couple needs still in the trenches. So five-star DJ Lagway committed to UF in early December. That's crucial. Everybody wants their quarterback. He kind of leads the way. He's been a vocal recruiter for UF on the trail. DJ Lagway shows up at camp sporting his UF orange and blue. He's, a, like I said, a vocal recruiter, getting guys to Gainesville and maybe even getting some guys to commit. They also got their running back, Chauncey Bones. He's an on-three outlier at number 104 overall. Florida has a stable of solid backs, and Bowens will likely be another. I do expect for UF to take one more back in this class, but right now sitting pretty with Chauncey Bowens. They needed linebackers, so what does UF do? They go out and get the number five and number six ranked linebackers, respectively, in Miles Graham out of Georgia and a Darius Hayes out of Florida. Two big additions at positions of need. Where else do they need to get better? They Florida right now needs to focus on the edge in the middle of that defense. At edge, I think I like Elijah Rushing out of Arizona, five-star Colin Simmons out of Texas, and four-star Jamonte Waller out of Mississippi. And then they got some big-time prospects at tackle on the offensive side as well. In Jonathan Daniels, who was on campus about two weeks ago now, he's the number one tackle in America, according to On3. And four-star Jordan Seaton out of Washington, D.C. He goes six foot five, 295 pounds, and he's expected to be in Gainesville today. So shout out to Florida right now, sitting pretty number three overall. Very good class. Got some still, got some room to grow. We'll continue to update you guys on that. But Florida off to a great start. Florida State also off to a great start. Looking at some of their recruiting notes right here. They got their quarterback. They got their running back. And they're in good shape for top in-state talent. Needs remain, though, in the trenches. So at quarterback. Luke Cromenhawk, he heads up the class out of Savannah, Georgia, along with top 100 running back Cam Davis out of Albany, two studs right there in South Georgia. Florida State is also trending with several in-state top targets. And if you're in the big three, how do you know if you're recruiting well? Well, you're recruiting well within the confines of the state of Florida. And look at what Florida State's doing right here with Jonathan Daniels out of Pensacola, Charles Lester from Sarasota, Jason Zandamella from Clearwater, Chance Robinson, Fort Lauderdale, and Brandon Jacob, Orlando, all guys that are trending right now to the Seminoles. Now, they got to find elite edge talent. That's something that Florida State has struggled with really since the departure of Brian Burns. They, bring, they brought in some, but not enough at the edge position. That's why you see him hit the portal hard. So this year, out of the state of Florida, you have edge Dylan Stevenson from Columbus High School right there. That's a battle that Florida State can win. They're heads up against Miami for that one. They also have a lot of interest in LJ McCray out of Daytona Beach, a big man at six foot five, 255 pounds. 
And Jonathan Daniels is the name to know this year, though. He's the target for Alex Atkins. FSU has been runner up on a few of these big offensive line recruitments. Alex Atkins, Florida offensive line coach and OC, has had FSU in the recruitments of Amarius Mims. Guys like Elijah Pritchett, only to get their hearts broken in the end by Alabama and Georgia. Now Jonathan Daniels is next up. And right now, Florida State is trending on the RPM We'll see how that plays out. Keep you guys updated. Let's move on to Miami. Sitting there at number 85. Just relax. It's still early. Miami needs an elite arm and keep the best skill players at home. Okay, why do I tell Miami fans not to worry? There's probably a lot of them right now watching this video that are worried. But I'm not. The reason why, because top talent is marching through Coral Gables every single weekend. Last weekend, Dylan Stewart was on campus. Coming up on March 24th, UM is going to host a big visit weekend, highlighted by a QB Air Nolan, Kylan Fox, and Jordan Seaton. All big-time recruitments, all high on Miami's board, and I'm not worried that they sit at number 85 right now with just one commitment, a punter. It's going to happen. I know we're, I know what happened last year. Miami finished just outside the top five. There was excitement throughout. It's coming, Miami fans. Don't you worry. And I think the best way to get there to where you want to be is to land that next elite prospect at QB. Last year, Miami signed Emory Williams, but they missed on Jaden Rashada. Rashada was kind of the crown jewel to that QB class. Of course, you know, he, he ends up flipping to UF and then ends up signing with Arizona State. And right now, Air Nolan seems to be the target. He's out of Georgia, and, and the focus is on him. All the eggs are in that basket, but there's some competition there. Air Nolan was at Alabama in January. He just got back from Clemson, and they offered. He's going to go check out Arkansas and Ohio State at the end of this month. So getting him back on campus will be vital, and you really want to get that quarterback in place. It kind of sets the tone for the class. It helps recruit the other skill positions, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And Air Nolan, if that's the guy that they land, very personable quarterback. Go check out his interview last week on the Inside Scoop. You don't want to miss that. All right, but right now they're qb less. So I think that's the first step in setting up this class, and then you go from there. Where do you go from there? Keeping the skill talent at home. The Miami-Dade area is recruited by every team in the country because they have the best skill talent, and you got to keep them home to succeed if you're the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Best way to do that is improve on the field because those players in the Miami-Dade area they want to play for winners. And some of the guys that Miami's battling for right now, I like a lot. JoJo Trader, big-time wide receiver, local wide receiver. Biggest competition right now comes from FSU, Georgia, and Ohio State. But in the end, I think Trader chooses an in-state program. So that boils down really to an FSU-UF battle. I'm sorry, FSU and Miami battle. And I think it's one that the Miami Hurricanes could win. Big-time edge prospect, Dylan Stevenson. It'd be important to keep him at home because it's another big three battle. FSU's a contender, UF's a contender, and it's Mario Cristobal's high school. That's where he went to high school, his alma mater. So can they also flip wide receiver Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State? You know, last year, we heard a lot about the talk about maybe flipping Brandon Innes. In the end, Mario Cristobal is going to flip Brandon Innes from his commitment to Ohio State. It didn't happen. 
I think this year, if you're going to look for a, com a flip from a Jeremiah Smith or a safety Jalen Hayward, who's committed to Georgia, he's also a top 50 player. The best way to recruit these guys and get them to Miami is to win. And that's the state of the big three right now. Florida at number three, Florida State at number six, Miami at number 85. We're going to continue to check in on the big three as the cycle continues. I guarantee the next time we check in, Miami's not sitting at 85. You tell me where you think the big three finishes. In the comment section here, where does UF, Miami, and Florida State ultimately end up finishing in the team rankings? Every weekend, there's a big recruiting weekend. And this weekend, it was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So let's bring on Wolverine insider EJ Holland to talk about Michigan's big visit weekend. We had on campus QB Jaden Davis, the number one overall player for on three edge Dylan Stewart, running back Jordan Marshall, cornerback Aaron Scott, an athlete, Brandon Hillman. Now, he's from the 2023 class. We're going to get into that at the end. I got a, I got some questions there. But let's start at the top with Jaden Davis. This has been a much-anticipated visit to Ann Arbor. What are you hearing coming on the heels of his trip? Yeah, Jaden Davis is the most important target on Michigan's quarterback board, or on the board overall. I mean, he's the only quarterback on the right. board. Uh, Michigan has taken an all-your-eggs-in-one-basket approach, so they haven't really actively recruited any other quarterback. But Jaden Davis has been the guy. He's always been the guy. Last summer, it seemed like Michigan really took, the com took command in that recruitment. They got him on campus multiple times in the fall. He was expected to commit in December. That didn't happen. He's expecting to commit in January. That didn't happen. This visit was really key in him and his family meeting new quarterbacks coach Kirk Campbell. From everything I gathered, things went really, really well. Of course, it's up to Jim Harbaugh to close here. Harbaugh's the guy with the quarterback experience. I mean, played quarterback in Michigan, played quarterback in the NFL, coached great quarterbacks. I mean, he's the guy that's going to ultimately lead to Jaden Davis shutting it down. But optimism coming out of Ann Arbor, coming out of this weekend, I do feel like Michigan's done enough to finally seal the deal. I know we've said that in the past, but there's no real question marks anymore. I mean, Jim well, Harbaugh's The staying. question is, when is the deal going to get sealed? I mean, right. that is the question. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I'm saying there's no more question marks for Jaden Davis and his family. I mean, you, there's no more excuses, I guess you can say. You know, Jim Harbaugh's staying. Kirk Campbell's the quarterback's coach. Sharon Moore is the offensive coordinator. There's no more questions there. Michigan's winning on the field. Um, you know, NIL deals are there. J.J. McCarthy can point to that. Right. So I think the time is now. Uh, you know, Jaden has said um, that he wants to commit before the end of the month. I do think Michigan – gets it done if they don't get it done then you know you're running into some issues here because you're going to be behind on other quarterbacks and so i've been in favor of expanding the board for a while but if you if this all your eggs in one basket finally approach finally pays off um then you can't knock it too much so we'll see if he get if if jaden davis goes ahead and makes a decision I think he will, but uh, like I said, we've said it in the past, so we'll see if it actually so you, comes So, EJ, place. just to clarify, you're telling me that you think that there's a good chance in the next, let's just say, two or three weeks that the Wolverines finally get their quarterback for the 24 class? I'd say there's a 70 to 75% chance it gets done. Okay. 
All right, that's fair. All right, let's move on to five-star edge Dylan Stewart. Not just a five-star edge, but the on-three number one overall player. Now, EJ, Michigan, although they're winning on the football field, they didn't land a five-star prospect last cycle. Kind of confusing. So why do you think that Michigan has a shot at the number one overall player, Dylan Stewart? Well, first of all, I love Dylan Stewart. Loved him since last year. Saw him at a Ray Lewis camp. I think Charles Power did a great job with that evaluation, mm-hmm. taking a, a different lane and making him the number one overall prospect in the country. But the reason I think that Michigan actually has a legitimate shot here is simple. Dylan Stewart's main goal is to get to the NFL. Michigan develops edge guys. You can point to Aiden Hutchinson. You can point to David Ajabo. You can point to Mike Morris in this draft. So Mm -hmm. the edge production is there. That's something that really, really stands out to Dylan Stewart. Um, So I think Michigan has a legitimate shot here. He's now been to campus twice. He was also on campus last year. I think Michigan is a strong contender to receive an official visit. Of course, it's going to be tough to win this battle. I mean, you have Alabama in the mix. You have Georgia in the mix. South Carolina, Ohio State. Uh, Miami, some of those programs have really strong NIL programs, and it'll be interesting to see how much of a factor that becomes in the Dylan Stewart race. But as of right now, I mean, Michigan checks a lot of boxes for me. I'm not saying Michigan's going to land Dylan Stewart, but they are an actual contender in this race. Okay, I'll take your word for it there. Now, running back Jordan Marshall, the Wolverines looking for an elite back in 24. Marshall is one of the top names on the board at running back. So, How did his visit go to Michigan, and when do you think he wraps up his recruitment? A great second visit in the last three months. Looking to make a decision maybe late summer. uh, Recently released a top four. uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Tennessee are the four schools in the running. Mostly think this is uh, an Ohio State-Michigan battle, though Wisconsin Mm, is a bit of a dark horse. Yeah. Classic battle. Michigan hasn't won a lot of those battles lately. Uh, They did get one here with uh, Brandon Hillman, who we'll talk about in a bit. But I do think that uh, Jordan Marshall is a legitimate candidate to leave enemy territory and pick Michigan. Right now, I think it's 50-50. I think Michigan might actually have the slight advantage today. But with Ohio State getting the last OV, We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, that would be a statement recruitment right there if Michigan could beat Ohio State for Jordan Marshall. Uh, Lockdown corner Aaron Scott was also on campus. He's an important piece to – a potential important piece to Michigan's class. How was his visit, and when does he decide? Yeah, kind of the same thing as Jordan Marshall. You're going head-to-head with Ohio State for Mm -hmm. an Ohio kid, a very highly touted Ohio kid. I think, again, Michigan's a top contender here. I think it's going to come down to Ohio State, Michigan. I think Aaron Scott's another guy like Marshall that really sees the benefits of playing at a place like Michigan. The opportunity is also there to come in and play almost immediately uh, at the corner spot. Right now, Michigan has Will Johnson and everybody else. So I think that's a big selling point for Aaron Scott and uh, much like Jordan Marshall we'll see how you know the chips fall during summer official visit season all right now let's talk about 2023 athlete Brandon Hillman when when Jaden Rashada asked out of his letter of intent it seemed like it made national news coast to coast everybody's talking about Jaden Rashada's recruitment and how he's asking out of his NLI to the Florida Gators well 2023 athlete Brandon Hillman asked out of his NLI to Notre Dame. He was granted his release. Now, it seems like he's going to end up being a Wolverine, but 
walk us through how all this played out. Yeah, definitely an interesting scenario. Um, not very much like the Rashada saga. I think that one was uh, quite the NIL issue. Uh, but um, he was able to get out of that pretty quickly. Uh, and Michigan offered 90 minutes after he was granted his it. release. They were on it. He was on it, you know, every single day. Was able to lock in an official visit with Hillman. There was a lot of optimism going into the visit. At the same time, I visited with Hillman at his high school on Thursday, and he told me, you know, I want to make my other two official visits because the second time around, I want to be fully sure. I, I want there, mm. I want it to be a decision that's going to be made and going to sign. And so Ohio State was in line to get an official from him after Michigan. Uh, they were very, very close to setting a date. And instead, Jay Harbaugh did a great job of just closing this weekend. And, and you saw Brandon Hillman announce his commitment simply with a photo that said committed with him holding a sign in Michigan gear, which was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where uh, Jay Harbaugh did a great job closing. His pitch was you can get everything you wanted at Notre Dame here at Michigan and more. And uh, I think that that holds true. Michigan's a great academic institution. They've uh, won on the field more recently than Notre Dame. Uh, so I feel like everything checked the box there for Hillman and he felt at home. So he said, why not? And he uh, signed that same day as well. So how good is Hillman and what does he add to Michigan's roster? Yeah, definitely. So we uh, obviously walking through that recruitment, we didn't talk about him as a player at all, but he's really filled out at six foot one, 190 pounds, played high school uh, quarterback. He was a guy that passed for a thousand yards, rushed for a thousand yards, scored 33 total touchdowns. He was an all region pick as a defensive back and as a punter as well. But like I said, uh, Jay Harbaugh recruited him and he is going to be a safety at Michigan. He has a lot of athleticism. He smacks people. He's a guy with great closing speed as well. He's still a little raw, hasn't played a ton uh, of safety, you know, kind of played defensive back part-time. Like I said, was still an all-region pick, but mostly focused on being a quarterback at the high school level. So he is a guy that's going to need some development, but all the tools are there for him to really excel at a place like Michigan. I think the upside is super high. All right, Michigan fans, do me a favor, like this video and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. We have all your needs when it comes to recruiting. We also have a ton of college football news as well. Hit that subscribe button for me. Thank you. All right, EJ. Also, there was four-star edge Darian Mayo. He was on campus. He's the number one player in Maryland, and he's a top 100 overall prospect. So take into account all the players that were there on this big visit weekend. In which of these do you see signing with Michigan in the end? Do you think that they can haul in any of the big names that were on campus this weekend? I mean, Mayo is certainly a possibility. Uh, when you look at, at him, kind of the same thing as Dylan. Uh, Mayo and, and Dylan Stewart were the only two pass rushers on campus so they got the staff's full attention. Uh, I had a great conversation with Mayo yesterday as he was leaving campus, and he told me that he had an hour-long meeting with Jim Harbaugh that went extremely well. He really connected with, with guys like Elston and Ronnie, who I mentioned when talking about Stewart. He knows Michigan's success developing pass rushers. Michigan has had 
recruiting success at his high school. Good counsel, Michigan's defensive lineman Chris Jenkins uh, was very involved in recruiting Mayo this weekend. Jenkins is a good counsel alum. So I think Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas are, are probably those schools high on, on Mayo's mind, Clemson as well. But I think Michigan has as good of a shot as anybody. I mean, when you have the success that, that Michigan's had with pass rushers. That's obviously very appealing. So I think Mayo will get back for an OV. And I think Michigan is, is in a really, really good spot to land him, especially since they're also high up on the list for his teammate uh, and on 300 linebacker Aaron Childs, who visited last weekend. Um, you know, in terms of other guys that could sign, obviously we mentioned Jaden Davis as a real possibility uh, to sign, you know, We'll see kind of 50-50 here on Jordan Marshall, Aaron Scott. Some other names to, to really know. Ben Roebuck, three-star offensive lineman out of Ohio. You know, Michigan's continuing to rebuild that bridge into enemy territory, which we talked about. Ben Roebuck is a key offensive line target. I think uh, the Wolverines are, are in a strong position to land him. And another name I'll throw out there is Blake Frazier. Um, on 300 offensive lineman out of Austin Vandegrift. He is a legacy recruit. He is the son of Steve Frazier, who snapped for the GOAT Tom Brady during his time in Ann Arbor. So obviously that connection's strong. I think Michigan leads there, uh, though others like Clemson, Texas, Texas A&M, uh, Oregon are also very involved with Frazier. But I think uh, at the end of the day, Michigan has the uh, lead there. Uh, and lastly, Brady Prescorn, top 100 tight end, in-state prospect out of Rochester Adams. A lot of connections to Michigan has been uh, to Ann Arbor on multiple occasions. I think uh, the Wolverines have the uh, slight edge there. Prescorn is very, very quiet, doesn't do hardly any interviews, isn't very active on social media. But from everything we've been able to gather over at the Wolverine, uh, Michigan continues to feel optimistic, uh, especially after this weekend's visit. It sounds great, EJ. It sounds great. Big visit weekend. Lots to be excited about. But I was on the message board this morning, and there seems to be a bit of concern about the lack of commitments. So, EJ, where are all the commitments right now? Look at you, Josh, on the fort, man. Come join the discussion <laughs> with, uh, with all our great members there. Um, no, I mean, look, everybody wants commitments. Um, I think they're going to happen. I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, when, not if. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can really start seeing Domino's role if Jaden Davis yeah. finally gets in the class. If, I, if I'm right and he does commit in the next two to three weeks, then I think that's, that's going to lead to quite a few commitments. Like Michigan has the lead for for several prospects. I mentioned Aaron Childs, you know, Ben Roebuck, Blake Frazier, Brian Robinson, uh, there are other guys like Channing Goodwin. All these guys have been to campus in the last couple of months. I think once you get that quarterback to really lead the class, which Michigan hasn't had since J.J. McCarthy, who is already a junior, um, I think it's going to be uh, kind of a snowball effect. I mean, everything's there for Michigan. Obviously, like we said, great program on and off the field, back-to-back -back Big Ten titles, back-to-back -back college football playoff appearances, Jim Harbaugh staying. The staff is mostly intact other than the weird, you know, Matt Weiss computer situation. Basically, everybody's coming back. You added another elite recruiter in Chris Partridge from Ole Miss, who's the new linebackers coach. So the staff is ready to go. Everything's in place for Michigan to finish with a top 10 class, to get back you know, in the right direction on the recruiting trail. I think it happens soon. I think uh, you know, it's a little hard for, uh, 
for our fans to have uh, some patience, but I don't think you'll have to be patient for much longer. All right. Well, I'm going to jump on the message boards as soon as we get out of here and tell them all that it's that just have a little patience. It's building. You can feel it, though. In all seriousness, you can feel the momentum building. I do agree with you. I think once Jaden Davis hops on, you'll see you'll see kind of the class fill out from there. Exciting times up there in Ann Arbor. EJ, thank you for checking in on the inside scoop. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.